they're telling me they're not gonna like be um, running at me and one of them's just like not gonna break and be all like i want it that way point to, <laughs> don't point to me <laughs> like a boy band merging on me about to feast on my very flesh <laughs> <laughs> Stay the Survival Podcast, bringing you survival game news. Welcome in, everyone. Welcome in. We are so excited to be here today. And in case you don't know who we are, we are the State of Survival Podcast, where the three of us get together and express our love of the survival genre games, as well as news, updates, and upcoming titles that you might be interested in. Let's take a moment right now to see what our crew has been up to, starting with, uh, I guess I'll go first. And uh, to this week, I'm really excited to announce that uh, we are doing our regular schedule of Dungeons and Dragons on Wednesday. But on Thursday, we are going to be playing Sengoku Dynasty as a podcast team, which I think will be a lot of fun. After that, we've, of course, got our chat versus streamer Friday. And then on Saturday, we're mixing it up a little bit because Fallout Aurora got canceled. So you can expect more exciting survival games then as well. Possibly chat versus streamer. Let's go ahead around the horn and Red Falcon. What have you been up to today? I guess I'm on the horn. Ouch. Um, so <laughs> same thing. Very, very excited about some of the new games coming out. Uh, I'll be, uh, be having some fun having you show me the ropes with uh, Sendoku uh, Dynasty on Thursday. And um, yeah, just lots of uh, lots of projects on my plate. So I'm, I'm never at a lack for things to do. Thank you so much. And Dumpgrot, what's been going on in your neck of the woods? Ah, uh, well, I have been working behind the scenes on a building fortification update, and I have gotten some new information about possibly how to rewrite how damage is handled for my uh, items inside of my building fortifications mod. But I'm making no promises, but the on the down low, I might be able to stop the damage applied to the, um, to the uh, base building object before the damage is actually calculated. So I'm actually really mm. excited for that. Um, in other news, I have been uh, house-sitting uh, for uh, two puppies. And I've never been in a smart home before, by the way. And this place is crazily convenient in everything it does. Um, just like, not even just like motion sensor status or whatever. I can just literally walk in and I think I complained the lights were too loud when I, um, the lights were too uh, bright when I was playing my video game. And the lights dimmed just because I complained. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I don't know if that's a good thing. You know, I, I might complain my beer's not too cold and nitroglycerin will just pop out and freeze my hand. But we'll have to see. But uh, in other news... I, I'm, uh, I'm a little that. upset, though, because uh, as a millennial, I can't get a house and you're sitting a house for two puppies. Ridiculous. They are very cute. <laughs> They're very cute. One's a little... Uh, uh, I forget. Uh, it's a dog. You know what? He's just a cute it's dog. It's a dog, yeah. It's a dog. I don't know breeds. <laughs> They're both not dog-likers, as far as I know. But uh, in other news, folks, we have decided um, with our attempts to improve and to overly optimize our podcast to get the most benefit out of it, not only for you as viewers and people who choose to come in here and watch, but also for us as a podcast so we can continue to grow and work in our time management with our schedules. Because let's face it, while we're just starting up now, our podcast isn't our real life jobs. 
so we've decided to go to a bi-weekly schedule for our podcasts. Now, folks, that doesn't mean that our content is going to slow down, but it does mean in our off weeks, we're going to be putting out anywhere between 5 to about 12-minute uh, videos about different types of subjects. This will be us covering different kind of game reviews, opinion pieces, like what we think about certain mechanics, upcoming games, like you was just talking about and Red was, and so many more things. This will allow us to draw in a larger audience and a community to help us keep growing and bettering ourselves, and possibly have more of you in chat to heckle and to tease us while we are doing this, and maybe even ask more important questions and make it more engaging and vibrant community for us. So again, folks, we are moving to a bi-weekly schedule. So next week, we will not have a podcast episode, but there will be content on our channel. So keep your eyes peeled for that. What are we doing Thank today, Thank you very much. Well, today we're revisiting Project Zomboid. Uh, with Build 42 on the horizon, slated for release in 2023, we've decided to take a plunge into the uh, Indie Stones blog, Thursboids, to find out what the heck has been going on. It's been a quiet summer. They did announce that many of them are taking vacations, but there have been a few posts that shed light on what might be going on. So let's take a look under the hood and see some of the gameplay features, game assets that they're working on and adding to the game that are going to make Build 42 an exciting update. Now, I'm super excited to talk about this because we had an absolute blast. Last Thursday, the podcast team played Life is Futile and although my internet was going bonkers and I couldn't stream it, that was probably one of the most fun nights I had playing a survival game with the podcast crew, as well as missing some hilarious content. Like, you cannot get it on my channel. So if anybody else has that video up, check it out, because those conversations were cooked. <laughs> yes, it, there's a lot of humor in that. I mean, you know, we we're just... We're just walking around working on things, getting stuff set up to start building our future settlement. And we're just cracking jokes constantly, giving each other a hard time. It's, it's so much fun. I was picking I up logs make... and rocks for an hour and we were doing so many different voice impressions. It was just absolute insanity. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, I remember Dimension was the uh, the, the foreman. <laughs> he was sitting underneath yeah, the game tree. <laughs> he, he was trying to figure out how to play the game, but we were teasing him because he's standing under a tree the whole time. We're like, that's our supervisor standing in the shade. <laughs> but, oh yeah, uh, it was. It was actually hilarious. it was quite exciting because we did play Life Is Futile before to try to get a feel for it, and it, it really is an underrated game. And I really wish they were able to finish the development that they had dreamed on it, but it's still a game worth playing. Uh, and to be clear, we're talking about Life is Futile Your Own, not the MMO. <laughs> but yes, uh, definitely. Yes, we did create a private server and chose a bigger map because I believe you said the default map was three kilometers by three kilometers. And I think oh, that's the, the bigger entire map itself. Yeah, the entire map itself, including water, is three kilometers by three kilometers. And then the land mass percentage on the vanilla map is like less than like 44% of it. Yeah, I think I saw 41%. It's very small. Uh, but then we chose a map that's 21 kilometers by 21 kilometers. And I believe some 70% of it is land mass. Uh, so it was a lot uh, of yeah. fun playing on it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely changed the really? gameplay experience. Yeah, it definitely did. And what's cool about it, folks, is that 
it's not like an addition to the vanilla map. It's like its own complete new map, which is really fun because for somebody like me and Jarl, who are very big veterans of the vanilla map, the resource nodes don't really move. So we know where everything is. Even if we have to look for it a little bit, knowing a general area makes it so much easier to find your iron or your copper. Right, and it's the most ideal places you always build settlements. But now that's changed because we've added land bridges that connect some of the islands up, which will we, we our envision is to have two separate factions running as two medieval kingdoms. So we're going to need those. We could maybe tariff them. We could maybe defend them. Uh, but what I loved the most was the fact that we did slope-based fertilization. And I love it when survival games implement that. Uh, and in case you guys don't know what that means, that means that the nutrient soil that's best for growing will be in the valleys, close to rivers, and close to the shore, just like real life. So you're not going to see somebody with a huge mountain city with copious amounts of farmland. Uh, so resources, with the map being so much larger than required, we, we thought that maybe the resource expansion would allocate and spread those resources out a bit. And by doing so, that allows each town to have a significant resource that they supply to the bigger picture. Yeah, definitely. Um, like and we, we'll have ore developers, cool. foresters, farmers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's really cool about the resources in this game because there are even also, like I think y'all just said, regional resources. Uh, and that's really cool because there are specialty resources that only you can get from that region, uh, which is, like y'all said, a great way to trade. Um, but yeah, we also did change the uh, skill limit to about 100 skill points above vanilla. That was kind of cool. Yeah, the first time we did it, we had allocated a lot of skills so that we could learn how to play the game, but we didn't need each other. We were able to specialize in so many different aspects that we could go solo survive, no problem. But it felt so awesome sitting there in a group going, okay, I'm going to do this. Who's going to do this? And even planning ahead to, well, we're going to need two hunters because there are wolves out there. And uh, it was really nice to see Dimension, who had only ever touched the game twice, really fill into that role and understand everybody's, you know, separate roles. Oh, we got a comment here. Uh, can you show a picture or video of this game? So actually, we did not have a picture from the game itself. I will admit when I was looking for some footage for it, uh, a lot of them were from the Life is Feudal MMO. I was having a hard time determining which ones were from your own or the MMO, and they are two very different different games. One of them is good, one of them is terrible, and I didn't want to misrepresent it. Um, I did put the link to the page for the store of Steam on this in the chat, though, if you wish to check it out. And if you look at the community tab, folks, that's plenty of content for you to see directly from Life of Your Own. So uh, that's good to know. Um, Absolutely, and thank you for asking. Yeah. Uh, so, Dump, do you have any funny moments that you remember from that session? Oh my gosh, we had so many funny ones. But I think the one that stuck the most with all of us, and we keep making jokes about it actually all the way up till now, before we started the podcast today, was the whole Dark Knight 
you know, oh. bathing. You merely adopted the bat or whatever. I was born with it, murdered by it. Oh, Don't make fun of it. We're all like, you merely adopted terraforming. I was born with it, murdered we, by it. You know. We basically rewrote the entire DC universe to be a survival game-minded thing and made Batman terrible. <laughs> Uh, I think my favorite moment was when we realized the pathing on the animals weren't working. And even though I was attacked by wolves before, we saw that deer on a beach. We're like, well, it's obviously glitched because it's not moving. But we went caveman mode and all three of us were wailing on this deer with our fists, trying to kill it. So we had food. Oh, it was horrifying. It was horrifying. I mean, if you've ever seen one of those movies where the guys literally start just punching and kicking someone on the ground, that's what it looked like to the deer. We were doing it today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 100%. Well, uh, I oh, think that's man. all we have for that bit. I, like I said, my stream went down. I, I really wish I had a VOD for people to watch. But uh, you can also check out one of our partner streamers if you want to see how the game plays live. Uh, you could check out Dimension119. He's a gentleman who plays with us all the time on Twitch.tv. And I think it'd be really cool to kind of scratch his back and show him some uh, appreciation for the work he does. He should be down in our description as well. Uh, yeah. And with that being said, let's head over to our hot takes. All right, so we've got a few hot takes this week. Let's start off with Red Falcon. Red Falcon, what is your hot take? Helps if I turn my microphone on. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about the recent uh, data breach with Discord.io. So for those that don't know, Discord.io is something that I've been using and recommending for people, and it helps take your uh, Discord invite link and convert it from an alphabet soup link that no one will remember, that for some reason people love to post like on the loading screen of their uh, Daisy server, um, and, and convert it so you could have, like I was using Discord.io slash Red Falcon Mods. And that was a nice, easy to remember way to forward to your Discord and get somebody to link to it. And uh, apparently they had a major data breach. Oh, and so there are other things. It's a free service to use. They do have uh, additional level up services and you could, I don't even know what they, you could buy points for little doodads to put on your custom screen and whatever else. So they had a, a thing where they would get your credit card and get some of your information. I never use that. I just use the basic stuff. They had switched their authentication a while ago to just link to Discord's authentication, so they did not have a username password. Um, but again, they had a major data breach within the last couple of days that they announced um, a lot of user data was captured and was actually available on the dark web uh, for purchase. So they are currently stopped operations. They recommended that everybody who was using them uh, at a minimum change your Discord password, make sure you're using MFA or uh, multi-factor authentication. Um, and so that's something to just be aware of. It was a very useful service. I'm kind of sorry to see it go, um, but that's something if you were using it, especially if you were using it with some of their purchased pieces, uh, definitely check your credentials in Discord and get those sorted out. Right, right. Yeah, definitely, definitely. On that note, real quick, folks, our Discord I.O. link will no longer be working. I will be creating a new one using our own personal website as a redirect from now on. Just FYI. 
excellent. Well, thank you very much, Red. That is good to know, especially for my own community, because uh, I kind of was getting turned on by the idea of the Discord Dio link. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a great thing. That's a great thing. But sadly. I, I, I know that with phones, you can join servers by scanning the QRC. I wonder if there's maybe I can get a QRC code. And when somebody enters a command, have that pop up. I don't know. Maybe that'd be could. a little easier. You could. What I did just for for mine was I have a dedicated hosting server. So I just set up a little uh, HTTP forwarder. So if you go to oh. falconmods.com slash discord, it just forwards onto a permalink uh, invite. So if you have that capability, that's one way to go. But a lot of people don't. So, yeah, that's a good idea. Well, my hot take for this week is that Baldur's Gate has set a bar in the gaming industry. But despite it's the perfect storm for the perfect game, one shining attribute is clear. And when I say perfect storm or the perfect game, I don't expect other games of the industry to be as good as Baldur's Gate at release. They've had six years to work on it. They're not in as tight of schedules, but still you can't shine away from the fact that they worked so hard to make that game so stable. But one of my favorite things about it is it's continuing a trend that we've seen a lot of this year of feature full games, which means when you buy the game at release, you get the game. Not like Bethesda when you bought Fallout and you saw the DLCs and the file structure and still had to wait and buy those. This way you get everything that is involved in the game at release. Elden Ring did it. Uh, Baldur's Gate certainly isn't the only one. We have seen several games of 2023, but I think that that is so huge for their success. And that's my hot take. The game doesn't have to be perfect, but sell us the whole game. Don't sit there and try to nickel and dime us afterwards with what I call necessary microtransactions. I have no problem with microtransactions if they're cosmetic and they don't affect the quality of the game. But at the same time, it's about time that the developers are starting to get scared uh, because these games like Elden Ring and Baldur's Gate 3 are coming out full feature. So that's my hot take. Nice. I actually fully agree on that. I actually like that that stance. I like that stance. Uh, my hot take actually, folks, is on mental health. We all do a lot of crazy stuff in real life to get by, make um, rent, all those kind of things, put food on the table, and or just save enough money for a vacation. Life is very stressful. Make sure when you're out there working your butt off, and when you get come home, you try to relax and enjoy yourself. Remember, you're supposed to be having fun and enjoying yourself and enjoying your days. And the more stress you put onto yourself, the harder and harder your day is going to begin the next day. So just remember that, folks, when you're out there doing your thing, reading social media or whatever else, try not to take it with you when you walk away from the computer. Just try to remember that your mental health and the stress levels that you incur from these kind of things is important to keep managed and properly understood about. But that's kind of what I have for a hot take. Just remember to take care of yourself, folks. And let me let me add to that, Dump. I think that's a... That's an absolutely fantastic message. Um, I wanted to uh, frame that up for my fellow modders, um, you know, other streamers, um, other event organizers in the Daisy community. Um, remember, Daisy is a game. A game is supposed to be fun, and we, for some reason, in the Daisy community, and I'm sure it's not limited to just Daisy. There tends to be drama. There tends to be heated personalities. People take things very personally. Like Dump said, 
take a breather every once in a while. Step back. Um, and just remember, this is supposed to be fun. So let's keep it fun and try to do your part to just put positivity out there and not get wrapped up in, you know, he said, she said, they said type uh, scenarios. And if I can add just one little bit, I have always suffered with a really bad anger problem ever since my youth. And I've had to learn tools on how to cope with that. And what I usually do is I don't meditate to the same degree that a lot of people do, but there are some YouTube channels that you can go seek out and even some services that you could pay for like Headspace. If I'm feeling like I'm really upset with somebody or I'm mad at a game, sometimes after I'm done, before I confront the person, I'll take Headspace, I'll listen to a small video of it. And once I've kind of lowered that emotions down, a lot of the times I find out that there's really no need for me to even add to the fire, that it was just a mistake or a miscommunication, and I'm able to move on. All right, now for the exciting part of it, the Thursboids on Project Zomboid. Well, they've been kind of quiet lately. Uh, as we near the end of the year, many people are wondering, where is Build 42 at? Are we likely to see a release in 2023 as originally projected? But... I also, and on the topic of mental health, completely approve that the devs are taking vacations to see their family and taking much needed time off. Um, what I really like about it is they're taking care of their overworked staff. They've even called for applicants for positions and have announced that they are hiring for their team. With the success Build 41 brought them, it allows them to expand their team as well as the scope of the game, which I appreciate. Now, despite most of their recent news being focused on mod highlights or even the release of their awesome plushie, which I definitely got to get, we did get a bit of news that sheds more light on what phase of Bill 42 they may be working on and the development that they may be at currently, including one of my favorites, Soundscape. I know Soundscape doesn't sound like a big deal, but the Soundscape in Project Zomboid is huge. What is your favorite thing about the soundscape and the efforts that they put into that game uh, when it comes to audio dump? Well, much like RuneScape, I really enjoy the leveling system. And so, just kidding. Um, <laughs> don't worry. Make sure you always keep the most three treasured items in your top three slots, folks. Oh, wait, that was really old RuneScape. Okay, so soundscape. No, um, Soundscape is actually a really cool, I think, part of games that a lot of people, I don't think, realize how influential the sounds of the game actually are. If I understand the, the term right, it's about the sounds of the game, the background noises and stuff. You know, sound effects, gunshots, sound effects, doors opening and closing, all that kind of stuff, right? That is correct. Right. Definitely. Um, so... <laughs> you know, that's important stuff. And what I think a lot of people fail to realize, and you actually can do this, folks. Go take one of your favorite games, Daisy, Project Zomboid, I don't know, Subnautica, any game you play, and turn the sound effects all the way off and just play the game. It is so eerie and almost boring without proper immersive sounds. So, yeah, I, I think uh, Soundscape overall is super awesome. I mean, we were just joking about life is futile, about how every food sounds like you're eating oatmeal. So when you're eating an apple, it's like squish, squish, squish. It's like, I don't know if I should be eating these apples. But it is nice to see that more games are focusing on eating bread should sound like bread. Not everything has to sound like you're munching on an apple. 
Uh, but there's one problem with it, and that's that the soundscapes have never really been optimized for multiplayer. A lot of it's full volume around you. You don't hear it until you walk in a room. And I'd like to see more of the Doppler effect. And for you guys who don't know what the Doppler effect is, the Doppler effect in simple terms is a thing that you see when you watch NASCAR or any kind of auto racing where the car goes, and you hear it coming, you hear it strongest as it's nearest to you, and you hear it fading away as it gets away from you. And since the build of 42 multiplayer is currently broken, they've been testing it on their end with their single player mode just to see how things come up. And they are currently working on a stable patch for their audio, but they've got some features coming out that I wanted to get your opinion about, Dump. Firearms will now emit sounds and appropriate volume depending on the type of firearm they are. And since that wasn't so necessary for single player mode, what do you think that means when it comes to multiplayer mode? Well, I think, well, yes, you say it may not matter in single player mode. Um, I think it's going to be cool because in multiplayer, when your friend is out and using a shotgun, well, carrying around a lot of shotgun shells in Project Zomboid is super heavy, where carrying around a couple of mags of your M4 aren't. So if I heard my friend going crazy with an M4, I may not be rushing to help him as fast as I possibly could. Where if I hear my friend pull out a shotgun and start shooting, I might jump in my car and drive over to him as fast as I can. Because most times in Project Zomboid, when a person pulls out a weapon, they're in deep problems. You know, they, they need the weapon. There is no other choice. So most times it's deciding how you're going to react. And the fact that they're making that the weapons, uh, you know, sound effects be heard different, um, be heard properly based off of another player, I think is really awesome because it can really create a more immersive and dynamic environment for how fast you wish to react. I agree. And when I first heard this, I thought, well, that's going to be handy for PVP. Maybe they're working on PVP because I want to know if my enemy's got an op, a scout, uh, an M4, a pistol, an Uzi, a shotgun, a double barrel shotgun, auto pump shotty. And the one thing that's frustrating about RPG, right? <laughs> the one thing that I find frustrating about when we played co-op before is that one part on our game where Dr. You know who uh, hopped over the fence with everybody else. And you guys were in the trailer park firing, but the volume was the same even though you were maybe half a block, a block down. It was very hard to pinpoint your location. But as I was thinking about it, I'm like, man, this isn't just for PvP. This is probably them preparing for NPCs as well. Because if there are supposed to be survivors and uh, bandits that you could run into along the way, it would be really nice to hear how intense and to what degree the gunfighting is when you hear it down the street. Yeah, you know, that also brings up a good point. Oh. Ooh, what we got here? Uh, Lieutenant General Zombie's got one that says, it's not survival, but Hell Let Loose does the ambient sounds and make the war come to life, draw you in and submerge you into the war sim. I agree. In fact, when I play Hell Let Loose with the guys, I actually have one called Fire in the Hole. It's like my shell shock state. It is incredible when you're hiding in a bush and the trenches, you could have enemy trench works 30 feet away from you. But being able to hear when they have to reload, what guns they're using, it really helps you make an informed decision on when you should jump out the trench and make a run for it. Their soundscape 
when it comes to firearms is unmatched. Absolutely think that that should be applied to more survival games. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. I like that. I don't like that. No. Oh. Good. No, uh, one of the ahead. things that I'm really, oh, no, you, sir. One of the things I'm really excited for is that they're working on indoor outdoor occlusion. Now we've actually seen this a little bit in build 41 when they reworked their sound system to where if you are in a building and you're walking around, you'll hear slight echoes off the walls, especially if that building happens to be made out of concrete or wood. But the other interesting thing about it is uh, I noticed it when we were in the city and we went in the alleyway in that parking lot that was enclosed by buildings, you heard a little bit of the echo. What I love about what they're working on now is the occlusion of the sounds of gunfire. So you're going to be able to hear if people are firing their gun indoors. If they are in a house shooting their gun, are they in the basement? Are they in the garage? You're going to be able to hear different levels of the volume traveling through that building. Um, if they're outside on a skyscraper sniping, which is going to be important because they are working on elevation maps, you're going to hear that cow, 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 echoing and bouncing off of buildings and scenery. And it's going to give you a good idea that the shooter is up high and not somewhere right next to you. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I also uh, I also like the fact that they're definitely in a more PVE standard Um It'll give you also another opportunity to tell whether or not your friends are stuck in a building fighting off uh, the zombies or not. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, and that being said, that's going to kind of go across the board with their sounds too. They're working on the weather. So rain is not just going to be off or on. There's going to be different degrees of rain. So from a sprinkle to normal rain to rainstorm or even hurricane with wind added. Um, they're working on the fog um, because I don't think people realize that fog does dampen sound and it is going to be amazing in those foggy environments to hear how the sound is muffled by that, all that water vapor in the air and really add to that eerie environment because like in the fog when you watch a movie you kind of expect there to be echoes like somebody walking down the alleyways and you hear the echoes. I think it's going to be super chilling. Yeah, that's that sounds awesome. I, I like that a lot. It really, uh, really brings chills up the spine because the fog. Uh, if they do the fog right, like you said, fog changes how sound works, and it's more of a dispersion effect than it is mm -hmm. a you know a spread effect. So people might be able to easily walk up on you, including the zombies. May not know they're coming so easily. Right, and also with that. They've already announced that they're working on their FPS uh, rate when you zoom out far. They tested it on their server. They have a YouTube video of them running at the most maxed out 4K view, but you still hear the game as appropriately to your camera. But the cool thing about it is that means that they're focusing on people who play far away. Because currently, if you're in a car, you're trying to talk through proxy chat and you zoom out to look around, the sound can be delayed. It almost seems a little buggy with how it works. And of course, if you're in the car, sometimes it judders around turns and all of that's going to get fixed with the same system. So super excited for that. Let me ask you one question, Dump. When you get surrounded by zombies and you're being attacked, what does it sound like to you? 
Uh, scratch, rip, uh, chop. Oh, right. Yeah, that one. There you go. That um, one. No, I mean, it's just, it literally, for me, sounds like I am being overwhelmed because the, all the noises start to overlap each other. And the louder the noise, the higher up it is. But uh, I definitely do notice there is sometimes where the overlapping of noises, depending on how large it is, doesn't add. It almost like stops. That's true. That's that's one of the things that they pointed out too. And I didn't even realize it until I started imagining myself in that situation. Two or three zombies sound great. But once you're swarmed by a huge horde, it almost sounds like they're singing in unison. Like, rah, rah. you don't really hear got different this sounds. guy down. We're going to yeah. rip him a new one. Rip, 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 rip. Hello, my dinner. Hello, my human. Hello, my brain field gal. But at the same time, they are adding like group. <laughs> they are adding group audio so that when the zombies come and attack you in a large mass, you get more of the individual groans and it's i think it's going to be more panic inducing because they're not just raising the volume there's just going to be a lot more sounds going at once so while you're fighting zombies in the house you're going to hear the zombies walking by the house that are just moaning as they're trying to find a way in so by group sounds you're telling me they're not going to like be um, running at me and one of them's just like and I can break and be all like I want it that way point to, <laughs> to, point to me <laughs> like a boy band merging on me about to feast on my very flesh <laughs> <laughs> oh I don't think the producer liked that very much no boy bands in our zombie games <laughs> Aww. I, I will say the other cool thing about it too is what they're doing to characters so right now when we play, we don't know who got bit because everybody just goes, ah, ah, ah. and then when you go to use Q, no sounds come out, right? One of the things they said that's going to take some effort is they're going to hire a variety of voice actors, both male and female, so that everybody will have a unique voice in the group. Sometimes you'll run into some voices that sound similar, but you're going to hear different kinds of grunts hearing different kinds of screams. The sneezes are going to sound different. And when you do the shouting sound, they actually want the characters to say, hey, instead of just the red words. So it's going to be crazy when you're traveling throughout the streets and you hear, hey, get over here, ah, in the distance as your friends are needing help and possibly be even giving shouting a viable way for your friends to find you instead okay. of just chat making you aggro zombies <laughs> so how would the doctor sound it's true uh i think the doctor would probably sound like honestly like cleveland now 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 <laughs> just constant complaint oh that's nasty <laughs> hey, Dumpra, oh. party over here. Uh, but that's not the only exciting thing. Another one I'm really happy for is the containers. The containers especially. I barely contain myself. Right? How many mods do you normally download when you play a game to kind of like spice your game up and add different containers or different vehicles? You get a cricket noise? Okay. 
Well, whereas, thank you. Whereas Dump really cares about the detail of audio, I'm all about that immersion, baby. You know what I mean? It, it, <laughs> Dump, you've thrown me off guard. Uh, it's it's really kind of annoying when there's four different types of duffels and nothing else. Like, what if you had this envisionment that you were this big military badass? Wouldn't you like some military duffel bags? Oh, they have military duffel bags. They're they're all drab. Come on, they're not military. They're all. Thank you for the crickets. Listen, <laughs> you are being very difficult, sir. No, but they've they've really expanded <laughs> on the containers that you can use as backpacks. In Bill Forty One, they're like, hey take a bag with you isn't that cool that you could take a bag but we were always like yeah but we want more backpacks we don't want the same you know main character school backpack that you find in every school so they have heard us loud and clear and are working on picnic baskets guard baskets fishing baskets musical instrument cases craftable backpacks like a sheet sling bag sheriff I like that. swat yeah, it's so cool. So when you go up to those uh, the roadblocks, I was having a mind block. When you go up to the roadblocks and you see the sheriffs walking around, the sheriff's department, the SWAT, and the local police will have their own kinds of backpacks with their own kinds of loot inside. That's awesome. Also, you know, I will. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh no, go I ahead. I was gonna say I will state that one of the cool things they could do that might appetize somebody like me to want those more bags. Uh, is weight reduction, but based off of the item type. So, for example, one of the things I know in real life is backpacks do a lot of different things. They're not just one size fits all. So, like, duffel bags, well, they're really good at just throwing anything you want in there and carrying really long weapons or just a lot of clothing. But, like, if you think about, for example, some of the military friends of mine have bat military backpacks that have tons of places for them to stash, you know, extra food, their knives, tons of field gear. But the size of the inside the backpack isn't super big. It's more about what they can attach and what they can put inside the pockets that the pockets were designed for. So Project Zomboard, I would love to see a military backpack that made it so military magazines were like one-tenth of the weight when put in there or a bunch of other things like really make it feel the reason why you chose these military backpacks is because you do want to play that military badass and you know how to use that backpack but um i think just adding backpacks to add backpacks while it is cool it doesn't necessarily provide from a gameplay function standpoint a reason to pick up those backpacks when the duffel bag may always be better no matter what well i've got good news for you then because one of the things they're adding is the suspender webbing for military backpacks, as well as the Alice bag, and different ways to attach pouches to them. So you get that wow. idea. It kind of reminds me of DayZ, how you're like, well, you know, sure, a stab vest is great, but the tactical vest carries more. And you kind of make that decision protection over gear. Now you're going to be making the same decision. Well, the duffel bag can carry a whole lot, but the fact of the matter is the duffel bag also makes you more clumsy. So it would be nice to see a system with the suspenders, the Alice packs, and all the pouches that you can get to where you can actually move and still carry the same amount of weight. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. You oh, say God. suspenders. You mean like an LBE or LCE type web gear system? Yeah, they've, they're adding a <laughs> few of them. They, they just call it suspender webbing. 
It's not that's, suspenders. That's the they don't hold it. your pants up. They don't, right? It just no. goes over your clothes. Yes, but it's attached to a web belt. Well, you know what? We're not going to take this red. You and I, we are going to write a strongly worded letter to Indy Stone. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, the, Alice, that. the Alice pack I had was a Ranger Ruck. So I usually carried about 150 pounds of gear plus whatever I could fit in the pockets and hang on the sides. Lord, I would dream for 150 pounds of carry weight in Project Zomboid. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be nice. Nice. But, you know, and it, suspenders. As we've discussed, they're, they're adding different loot, too. So it could be dumped that one of the ways they're going to encourage people to use those pouches and stuff for ammo is you might be able to find military pouches in or military ammo in the pouches. So it might help with that immersion. That sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. Oh, we got a comment here saying that's braces, not suspenders. Americans, in their words, hey, don't blame us. Okay, we we're not part of the hey, development team. I didn't do that, or as it said, <laughs> did I do that? Um, but it's suspenders. <laughs> yeah, suspenders, right? They suspend your ammo. Okay, well that that was a stretch. But what I'm really excited about is the uh, the craftable bags, like the sheet bag. I, I know our podcast listeners won't hear this, but this is phenomenal. You just have a sheet, you right click on it, you can craft a sheet sling, and it actually looks like a sling and not some fancy backpack made out of sheets. And that's my favorite. One of my favorite things about Daisy is being able to make the homemade backpacks. It's not like if you get kind of down on your luck and have a hard time finding like Project Zomboid when we were trying to find duffel bags for I think it was for you or for Dimension. <laughs> One of you didn't have a backpack for several sessions. It was quite irritating. We even went to I the school was just to get one. My guy was so strong. I was honestly just considering carrying one of Gramps' corpses around as a backpack. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I I love Gramps. Oh. I can't wait to get back into it. But the craftable bags are easy. They make sense. And it's something that I appreciate. You don't need extra tools. It's just a bet sheet that's tied up and used as a sling. Um, I imagine, though, it'll probably be something that if the zombies are meleeing you, you might see your movement slowed if they grab onto you. Uh, but still very nice to have early game, the first house you're in, being able to make that and take all those initial supplies. Probably won't hold a lot either. That's true. It probably will not, but it'll hold probably as much as a school backpack, I would think. As long as I can hold a can of beans, we're good. Oh, wait, wrong game. How dare you? I miss my cans of beans. <laughs> but in other containers in the world, we've, of course, seen in the previous image, they're going to have black-style military containers that you open up. You know, those ones you typically see foam in that hold all the grenades. So it's going to give us a lot more opportunity to find medical supplies and containers instead of just crates. The wooden crates in Project yeah. Zomboid are cool, but it gets old after a while. Why do all these people have wooden crates in their homes? <laughs> it's wood. Can't be um, the, 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 the original. That's true. Um, if, if you could see any container in the game, which would you choose? I could see any container in the game. It'd be IBMs. 
Okay. Uh, talking about those big, huge water container things oh with a wire grate on the outside of them. I was thinking I intercontinental would... ballistic missiles. So I was like, explain no, 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 yourself, no. sir. <laughs> um, my bad. I think I'm saying the name wrong, but they're like they hold like a hundred gallons, and I would use one of those right away. Like we could put, we could hitch our cars up to trailers and stuff. I put one of those inside, um, one of those inside one of the trailers. I'd go to the gas station. I'd fill that freaking up. And then I would drive out to wherever I was, and I would then be okay with it. Um, not forever, of course, but, you know, goodwill. But these things in real life are godsends. Like, I lived it up in the country, and having these containers and filling them, going to the city and filling them full of water uh, from the, the, the fresh city pipes. It was 25 cents per gallon. It was really cheap back then. Probably going to do it now. Uh, but it was a godsend. I literally lived almost my entire life off of uh, transported city water up until I was uh, 18. And it was amazing. So in a survival situation, I would in real life go for those. I would love to have them. I would too. That's such a cool idea too, because you can also make it to where if you cut the top out and put a screen on it, you can collect rain. You can build your own showers and stuff with them. They're really neat because uh, we used to use those at the brewery I worked at. We used them to carry our cider base. And just the fact that they've got like a little spout there that you can connect to the side makes them super convenient. Or or portable or portable uh, water tank bladders. Have you guys seen those? They're made out of a nylon weave uh, texture with carbon fiber weaved in a spiral fashion. So they collapse. But when you fill them with water, they can hold up to like, I think 300 gallons of water. Oh, I have and seen can... those. Yeah, like I have one for uh, uh, if you know, I'm not prepper, but like if we have our water, um, a water warning comes into effect, uh, I can fill one of those up and we'll have enough water for at least two weeks. Because folks, you don't realize, use a lot of water, a lot of water as a civilization. Yeah, I remember seeing that in California. They would use them on the sides of the road, you know, like those garbage cans full of water if they're doing construction. They'd use those collapsible uh, bags, which were great. But I know another thing you and I have been asking for, and it seems like they've shed a little more light on it, is farming. We all know that they're revamping the farming, but they've kind of given us a hint as to which direction they're going with it. They've announced that with the complexity of crafting, they're adding more plants that we can carve, or carve, grow, as well as giving us more materials that we could produce from it, um, such as fertilizers um compost and the fertilizer gets me excited because i feel like they're talking about animal husbandry which i think is a really good Still indication that. yeah yeah i would and the fact that they're talking about fertilizer being something you can create is huge but the one thing i'm super excited for remember those scarecrows they brought out during build 41.63 and they looked horrifying yeah. You and I were so one. excited. Right? <laughs> like, you could behind it. They look like a tortured man. It, it looks very macabre. Uh, but I really liked the fact that they were telling us that there would be birds that could come eat your crops and these would keep them away. But at the same time, they were haunting in their design. Uh, and that feature was actually stripped shortly after so that they could work on uh, this for their bigger plans. But scarecrows will now be able to be placed and they will be dressed in clothing. For those of you on YouTube, that gray scarecrow that just looks like a person on a stick, that's the old one. 
The one they're working on now is going to have plaid shirts and jeans. You could dress them. And you can make them look more like people, but they also look obviously more like scarecrows. Uh, I don't know too many seamstresses in the post-apocalypse that would be sewing mannequins to use as a scarecrow. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But, you know, it is cool that they're definitely focusing on farming and us focusing on farming. Folks, go, don't forget to hit that like button. It does help us out and make sure when our videos go live to comment. But I know that was me farming and uh, self-promotion. Um, <laughs> but going back to the scarecrow stuff. Yeah, it is cool that they're finally making a purpose for those because for the longest times, we just kind of thought they were funny, you know? Like, I remember Dimension first saw one. He was like, oh, guy, guy, guy there's this guy here. We were just all like, oh, that's a scarecrow. It's okay. That's a scarecrow. They don't do anything. I, I want to know if we can use them to attract Zeds. Wouldn't that be kind of funny to put a bunch of traps and a couple scarecrows stand there and the Zeds are like, ah, oh, people, ah. But, uh, actually, there's a how do element, the zombies attract uh, Indie Stone. How, uh, make it so we can attach a person to it. Well, with that being said, let's go ahead to our next point. <laughs> God, that's dark dump. Remind me not to make you an enemy in Project Zomboid. You're like, you know, we could just crucify them in our backyard. Give the crows something to feast on. What I'm super excited about is what they're doing for modders. Now, I'm sure you and Red might appreciate this being modders yourself. I understand it because of my background in coding, but I've also never had to struggle with it. But one of the things that they're releasing is a tools for managing scripts uh, that are being developed to where when you make something in the game, it will export an item display name. So it'll allow other modders to see what the item display name is for yours and help with compatibility and also provide translation files so that you could take some of those items, move them from mod to mod to mod, or even mix and match. Before, you had to figure it out. You had to go in and find it, but now it's going to be displayed in the translations. So you can add more backpacks, you could add more weapons, you could potentially add new items and still have that new item vocabulary. Okay, interesting. Uh, now, as a Daisy modder though, and self-taught, so I'm gonna take a stab at this. I think what they're saying for my fellow Daisy modders out there and aspiring ones, is that there is a display name in Daisy, which is what the player sees, and then there's a class name in Daisy, which mm -hmm. is how the a game actually registers it. I think what they're saying when it comes to exporting the uh, names is they literally are saying that they're going to do exactly that. They're going to then tell the modder not only the display name, but the true class name, so they don't have to go and dig through that modder's work 100% of the time. Right, like... We might have an item called Heelys, like shoes that you could wear that cause movement like a scooter. Maybe I want to mod one of those in the games, but I don't want to call them wheeled shoes because, you know, from a player standpoint, they're like wheeled shoes. Are you talking about roller blades, roller skates? But no, they could call it what they want on the player end, but have the actual item name be called something else, which I think will be very useful. Yeah. Um... That being said, I, I think that'll also be cool if you get somebody who likes sound effects and they make a sound mod and they want to add jingles to certain bits of the armor. All they have to do is go find jingle, that jingle? item name. Jingle Jangle. But if you think like Rucksack should make more noise or whatever, you could just go download a mod to do it, which would be great. Um, yeah. 
I think the most beautiful thing about that, though, is it shows how deeply connected Indie Stone is with their modding community. Um, they're thinking about the modders while they're designing the game, which I think is huge. Uh, the no, fact that they put that in. Yeah, it's definitely interesting that you talked about that because our episode seven highlight was actually about Daisy modders and why do they matter? Uh, and we just made the highlight video, published it a couple hours ago. But this actually shows that Indie Stone is actually in touch with the community and realizes that modders have helped uplift their game and have supported their game for almost nearly a decade now. Um, and it's awesome that they're not just going, oh, we really love you modders. They're going, we really appreciate our modders and we're 100% designing new features, but we're designing those new features to 100% be moddable. Because they could easily lock the new soundscape completely away from modders and say, we'll get right. to that later but they're doing it right away. They're going, we're going to make this work right away, which might be the reason why it takes them a little bit longer to work with stuff because they're making sure you, the player, actually gets mods who actually 100% can work with vanilla if the modder puts in the effort. Yeah, and I would imagine if something updates in the game and they update a pre-existing object stats, because you already know the names of the objects, I would imagine that your mod probably wouldn't need updating if it's something that isn't, you know, weapon related or anything like that. But that brings me to the next thing they're doing for modders because they are talking about expanding the map and they do appreciate the modders who have expanded the map. And that is their new system of zoning the maps. Now I knew that they zone maps in their own way, but they're being very transparent on how they're doing it now. Uh, map expansion is the biggest thing. They also know they have new agricultural systems, updated loot tables because of the new craft in-depth crafting they're working on. Animal zones are going to be huge, and they're going to completely overhauling the zoning system. So much so that when you look at it, and we have an image up on the screen now, it kind of looks like a, a would you buy those old roadmaps? And you're looking at them, and there's certain colors in different areas, like yellow is residential, here's purple. The colors are really simple. Lightish greenish blue, crop fields, light green forest, dark green dark forest, blue is navigation, purple's town areas, light blue blue is the new animal zones, tiny pink dots for car spawns instead of entire grids for parks, car spawns, generic vegetation, uh, which I'm excited about because I love foraging. So somebody was making a mod and they were trying to expand it. I love the idea that they can delineate this is forest this is deep forest this is generic vegetation and then draw a zone over it going animals and then there's just animals in that area i really like that idea uh it'll be key for spawning for loot tables i know you don't develop maps but i would imagine as a modder you might find interest in this but how do you think this would help you if you were to approach modding project zomboid well What's cool about this, and this is a very unique feature, folks, because it may take a modder to do this, but it might be easier than people think. In DayZ, we have a very so similar situation like this called the CLE, which is the central loot economy, as most people know it. What most people don't know is modifying the central loot economy is based upon a very system actually almost identical to this. Well, what's cool about that is you can change different color zones and everything else and regenerate your entire loot economy based off those color zones. And your entire loot table works off of those color zones. For, so for Project Zomboid, 
What I see here, Jarl, is not only the ability for people to make custom maps, but pe for people to make an entire econ loot economy rebalance for vanilla projects on Void, and server owners to fully customize their entire economy with probably little to no knowledge and make their own server economy themselves. They don't have to no longer rely upon pure vanilla anymore. They can literally make their own places, and then they can use mods to create their own custom uh, revamps of old towns or uh, new places, like out in the middle of a field or whatever. But this really opens up the world to customize servers even more than before, and not just purely based upon how many mods do they have loaded. Yeah, I, I agree. And I like it because my brain works in a Dungeon Master standpoint. And when I'm developing like campaign maps, I do something like this. And I might dungeon actually master? steal this idea. I'm a dungeon master. I'm a wizard, Harry. Uh, but I'm actually thinking about kind of stealing this idea and making a multi-layered map in Photoshop as a key where instead of just a number and then words telling the DMs what's there, doing like a color coding so that they can go, okay, how about agriculture? How about this? How about this? How about this? I think in games like Fallout 2D20, where you have to scavenge for loot, that could be incredibly useful. Yeah, definitely. And it's good that that Project Zomboid, once again, is from the ground up, making this system for modders in, um, in mind 100%. That's right. Well, let's go ahead and turn over to our on-the-field reporter, as well as our comments that we have uh, from the community. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really hoping that Dave doesn't chew me out like he did last time. I I know that I was really embarrassed in front of the greedy peasant and oh I think it's Earl. You smell that? Hey Earl. I think it's I, I smell bananas. Is that Earl? <laughs> Earl, buddy, I I'm missed sorry. you. I'm so confused on what he is. He, he, he looks like a zombie. He eats bananas, so he might be a monkey, a, 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 a zombie, and he moves. <sighs> There's this ground. Mm, yeah, you know what? He, he doesn't moves. like the fact that you're trying to attach labels to what he is. Uh, right? Am I getting that right, Earl? Yeah, he is not an item for you to mod in DC. <laughs> I, I think he's just from New Jersey. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I read a comment. I saw that too. Always Always streams. I think he's just from New Jersey. <laughs> That's terrible. Earl, I don't blame you for being offended, and we'll make sure that Always Streams knows uh, knows his place after this. <laughs> so, Earl, what do you think about uh, what do you think about this? game potentially creating a zoned map so that you could just look up where the best sources of food are. I didn't think about that. Jarl, it doesn't say humans on the color-coded stuff. No. Uh, that's right. I, I forgot to tell you. Uh, it turns out the humans are in the dark green areas, not deep forest. I must have misread that. So, Earl, if you could tell all the zombies to head that direction, that would be super beneficial. 
He's not buying it. Oh, well, well that's all we got. Uh, thank you, Earl, for your time. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> now you later, Earl. We went, oh, God, I hope not. We went with the question uh, in our community. With the focus on improving multiplayer features behind the scenes for Project Zomboid, what is something you would like to see improve for multiplayer games that you currently feel is absent or inadequate? And uh, Dump Graw, you mentioned something that you feel that uh, the ability to fear other players in a fair PvP way pretty much is lacking in Project Zomboid. And the devs do seem to be focused on PvE, especially for this patch. And I noticed that you uh, also had said that PvP is one of the true threats of any survival game. If it's absent, you notice it. Uh, and the PvP we have now is very lacking in Project Zomboid. Do you think yeah. now that we've done the episode that it seems like they may be going to that direction? Or do you think this is strictly still PvE stuff? I think right now it's opening up the field to PvP eventually. But I don't think these... I think this is like groundwork maybe in the far future. But my, comp, my, my complaint isn't necessarily with the current systems in the game as far as they function. It's with the, how PvP functions overall. And if people mm. don't know this about Project Zomboid, PvP is literally about who pushes who down first. It's not about anything else. You get animation locked, right? If you get animation locked, getting hit by a weapon, shot by a weapon, ran over, pushed, whatever, you're screwed. There is no real, like, retaliation you can do to get out of what we call stun lock in most PvP games that have it. And I think that's where uh, I think it's unfair because... In, there is PvP in Project Zomboid, but if you get stunlocked, you're not going to win, no matter what you do. And that's where I think it's unfair. If they were to fix the stunlock issue and give the players the proper ability to retort, I think PvP, although may suck and have a few bugs, would be fair enough people would actually enjoy it. That's a great point you make, and I have one way they can fix that. One way they could solve the entire problem. Right now, when we play on a team, PvE, we fan out. We know the meta behind it. We know how to space ourselves and walk back as a unit. Because if you're too close to one another, that's when you get into that really funky area where it's just, it's not working right. I think if they fix that, PVP would be more viable. That way, like you said, you're not getting stunlocked. Because you don't have to only get stunlocked by being pushed down. I've had players on PvP where they just run up to me and get in my general area. And then the zombies just hit me. I can't even fight the zombies back while contending with that other player at the same time. So maybe if they fix that, that would be a really good step in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. And I do want to say this fully. I know, just like you all said, they're not focusing on PvP. But PvP does exist in Project Zomboid, and I feel that is a small issue with the age rest could make PvP at least a little bit enjoyable in Project Zomboid. Right. Because as it stands now, now no one uses it, unless it's gunfights. And even then, it's iffy. And honestly, Indie Stone has already said their main focus is on roleplay. Well, you can't have roleplay in a world without a Negan. And I think that's kind of important. Some players, they just want to be a Negan. Let them be a Negan. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and talk about what's going on next week. And just as a reminder to everyone, as Dump had announced before, we are changing the way that we're going to be delivering our content from here on out. It just helps us with scheduling and helps us with the quality of our content. So the podcast will now be bi-weekly, allowing us proper time to research, as well as ensure that we're 
really nailing it with the uh, quality of the questions and the value of the questions. But also it allows us to focus on some of the video content that we want to do that we're kind of missing out on. Uh, so do keep in mind that next week we'll have content on Tuesday. It just might not be the podcast form. And then right after that, we've got another episode of the podcast. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Dump, what are we doing next week? Well, next week, I think we're going to be putting out our first standalone video on our off weeks. And you guys will have to oh, stay yeah. tuned for what that little fun thing is going to be about. But I am excited for you guys to finally get to see us do other things. Uh, we've only done weather standalone video, and it was the 10 things that make a survival game. So we're happy and excited to start doing a bit more content outside of just our podcast opinions. Sorry about that, Dumb. Clearly, I did not get the memo that I just reminded everybody that you announced at the beginning of the episode. Memo received. <laughs> but from all of us to you, thank you so much. We appreciate you tuning in to State of Survival. We thank you guys for your continued support. And as we adapt and overcome, I just want to let you know, our main focus is going to be on the content for you and for us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for coming by and watching our show today. Don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. We really appreciate it. Also, don't forget to check out Yarl of Goats on Twitch when he is live and Red Falcon and his amazing work in the DC community. Without these two, the show would not be the same. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Thank you.